And I'm super happy to introduce the one and only <laughs> Yuval McGee. Ah! Hey, what's up? How's it going, Yuval? Good. Check out how you been. Oh, I'm great. Yuval, how do you think Elon Musk's actions right now with Twitter affects on their company culture? Well, I'm sure they're loving it. <laughs> Move forward. People talking business. Hey everybody and welcome back to another great episode of our podcast forward uh, ideas and thoughts to take your business self and team forward so you've all what do we have today in our episode well shaked like you just mentioned we are going to talk about company culture beautiful we're going to talk about company culture first of all what is company culture what is this term the importance of company culture how to define your own company culture how to measure company culture if it's measurable at all and also tools and tips to develop company culture that will engage your staff boost retention and take your business forward based on a few examples of how leading brands do that should we start absolutely so first thing first what is company culture so before I'm going to read something that I've found online maybe you want to give your own definition well I think it's a question we deal with on an ongoing basis there are a lot of different people giving different colors to the answer to me company culture is a little bit on the side that we touched on on our last episode which is what you do is who you are or in other words company culture is how you define who you want to be as a company it's kind of the compass that guides us all together so we can make the same decisions that the leadership would have done if we're not in the room or in another sense company culture is basically a set of values and guidelines and principles that we all agree on sometimes by the way we agree on them not vocally but just between ourselves which dictates how we are going to behave and how we're going to act and how we're going to do our decision making and that's at the end builds what defines and builds the company culture which affects ourselves our employees and our customers spot on I'll read something that I found online from a bullet in according to them they say that company culture it's the way people feel about the the work they do, the values they believe in, where they see the company going and what they're doing to get it there. Collectively, these traits represent the personality or culture of an organization. And there's another uh, approach out there that suggests what Simon Sinek usually is using, which is the why, what, and how model. So usually he would present Apple, for example, due to this model that they connect everyone around their why, why they do that. So he If we take the why, that refers to the company culture. And my question here is, does the why is the company culture or is it also in the halls of the what and the how we do things and not only the why? So I'll tell you what, I think my take on things goes back to what you do is who you are. Definitely say the why is important, but at the end of the day, company culture is not like a list of values that you wrote somewhere. If no one lives up to those values, then it doesn't mean anything. Company culture is when people actually, in practice, live up to those expectations, to those, let's call it definitions or unverbal agreements. And that means also the how, mostly the how and the thing that we're doing on a daily basis. It is a lot around the values, right? The shared values and, and core principles that you have and also the, the why itself. But without the what and the how, it's not coming into practice. Something that we talked about. about last episode is that a company's culture is not just what you say it is 
but it's what you do. So I think that's very much related to the how. All right, so now let's talk about the importance of company culture, or in basic words, why should we care? What I think is if you don't have company culture, there's no reasons for anyone to join or stay at your company. And I'll give a nice quote from the internet, American workers hate their jobs so much that nearly half of them wouldn't wish it on their worst enemy. That was released by Fortune magazine a couple of days ago, and that's according to a study by Workforce Institute that sits at the UKG, they are HR software firm, and they show that just 11% of workers feel their job is their calling. So very poor company culture there. What do you think about that? Well, I would actually say that it's not like they don't have a company culture. It's just that they have a very negative company culture. The fact that what you're showing here is that this is what employees feel. I guess that probably that's also is being transferred to customers one way or the other. So the company culture there is to practically not care, not really put anyone in focus. And that creates the negativity that we're seeing here. And it's not surprising in a negative company culture. That's exactly the type of effects that you can expect. I agree. But they also think that it sits on the fact that the majority of the workforce are frontline employees. And as we can tell, that's is the biggest segment where they mostly neglect to talk about or develop company culture for the employees. So I'll give you examples. I think that frontline workers, uh, they make up most of the workforce around the globe, right? Around 80%. And yet these jobs that require presence are often not considered in discussions about work-life balance, career growth, employee experience, creative benefits, and company culture. So that's nurses, baristas, firefighters, truck drivers, construction workers, and so on. I think that's very true to an extent, and I think that also is much more reasonable, right? It's much harder to create those elements for these type of employees, with the one exception of the company culture. I think you can see the differences, and like you said, we're going to talk on some of the leading brands there down the road, which are exactly from these type of audiences, and still they are able to do things right, which to me means that a positive, constructive company culture that preserves employees mm -hmm. is definitely possible, and it's not dependent on materialistic things necessarily. So it's not about, you know, compensation or time off, etc. Of course, those things are important, but purpose and sense of connection and having a group together with you, feeling you're not alone and feeling that you're heard, all of those things really, really matter. And more than that, if you're looking at some of the leaders within the company, you know, we always like to say, lead by example. If I relate to the behavior of those individuals, then I'm more likely to be proud in the place I'm working in. And I think the question you just asked me, you know, about Elon Musk is one of the more relevant questions for that regard. If a new CEO, a new owner that entered the company right now fires 50% of the company, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for the company? And don't get me wrong, it could be the right move. I'm not Elon, never achieved anything close to what Elon did. But at the end of the day, the message that comes across in terms of company culture is results above anything else. Your place here is not necessarily secure in any shape or form. And by the way, I can relate to that. I do think that people need to earn their place. But it says a lot about your job security. So immediately your company culture goes into a place where you need to prove yourself all the time. That has positive impact 
and that has negative impact. So basically what you're saying is interesting because it seems like in times of changes and when it gets rough, that's really when company culture being measured. Yeah, more than that. I think we have company culture. It's like with everything, right? You say you have a real friend when they were tested in times where it wasn't easy to be your friend or when you needed them. It's pretty much the same with the company, you know? You want to understand that company, how strong that company is. You want to understand their company culture. You really see that company culture, not when everything is, you know, nice and shiny. It's when things get rough. That's where things start to float. I agree. And let's go back a step for the frontline employees, where we talk about that a lot of companies maybe neglect to implement or think about company culture. And do you think it, it's relate to the size of the company? Like if I'm a small coffee shop with 15 employees, so usually I tend to think that they would, wouldn't go to develop a company culture. Yeah. I think it's a good question. In my mind, I think it's relevant from any size. It's even relevant when you're a two-people business. But what you usually see that people are doing it in a very aware state of mind when the company is bigger. And the reason being that you bring a lot of different people and they don't necessarily feel or not necessarily close to that strong anchor leaders that were there at the beginning. I can tell you about our company, for example, that when we were 10 people, you didn't need to have too many conversations about company culture. You still needed to have those internal discussions of where I want to be, what is right, what is wrong, how do I want to act? But the bigger we became, the more important it was for us to articulate that very, very clearly for the bigger team. And I think when you're seeing, and, and a lot of businesses are successful or non-successful, depending on how strong their company culture is, which many times reflects in how much frontline employees actually care about the business, actually care about the owner, etc. So even for small businesses, company culture matters, sometimes less in awareness. And that's something that I would say, if you're a small business owner listening to it, if there's one thing I would like you to take from here is to ask yourself, is the company culture I have in my own business is the company culture I want to have? Or are there a few things that I would like to change? Because if there are, now is the time when things are still small and controllable. Because if you build it right, it scales right. And also remember that every big brand started small with two people in a basement and the culture started there. So if we take a step back to why is it so important to have a company culture before we move forward. So frontline employees drive significant value for organizations, right? But they are struggling in terms of engagement and building and maintaining networks at work more than others. So leaders who effectively support these employees can see tremendous improvement in their ability to attract, mobilize, and retain their frontline talents. And that's why it's so important because retention is one of the biggest hustles today. And just to give you a fact, 45% of frontline workers plan to leave their job in the next three to six months due to bad company culture. And by the way, ask yourself, because compensation is something you usually feel at the end of the pay period, a week, two weeks, a month, depending on where you work. But at the end of the day, company culture, you know, when you wake up Monday morning and you don't feel like going to work, that's because the company culture and the way you feel about your job, the way you feel about your colleagues, the, f the way you feel about the tasks you need to do is negative. The more you have that feeling, the more you know you're in a, a place you don't want to be and the more you have actions to change that. Absolutely. And I think also compensation speaks for itself because you need to compensate on something that you can provide. Let's move on to how to define your own company culture. So we talked about the importance of that and let's say that we all agree. And now as a business owner, I want to actually define my company culture to find what it is and then I can maybe deliver it to my company. 
So I would take that a step forward and I would say instead of define, articulate, because like I said before, I think by the actions we take by default, we set our company culture. So you can't name a single business that doesn't have some level of company culture. It could be positive, it could be negative, but it's there. So how do we articulate and refine the things that are right for us? So it start with asking the relevant questions, right? First, do I really think it's important for me to even start that process? I think the answer, pretty obviously, yes. And then what am I trying to achieve as an organization? Where do I want to get to? I think maybe also to ask, first of all, what's important for you as the business owner, as a leader in the organization? Like, why are you in this game? 100%. Why am I in this game? What drives me? What do I appreciate? What I don't appreciate? I think all those things reflect. And then I ask myself, okay, and how does that come into effect in actions? So we'll see in most frontline businesses that execution is very, very important. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for that hardworking mentality that enjoys the work and enjoys the end of the day, you know, of the achievement. And then you need to ask yourself, how do you want to be represented outwards, right? So that's the second thing to think about. After you decide you want to do it and you're kind of asking yourself about your motivation and all those things, I think the next question you can ask yourself is about the different circles that you have. So one circle is your leadership circle. Could be a single person. In a smaller business, could be three people. In a bigger business, could be 15 people in a big business. So your leadership circle. Underneath that leadership circle, you would usually have your team. So your full-time employees. And then as a secondary circle, could be temporary employees or subcontractors. And then eventually, you have your customers and even your vendors, right? All those different providers that you're getting things out of. So all of those interactions define a little bit on how we behave on what we do and we need to shape our company culture thinking about those circles what do we expect what do we want to have for example i can tell you being a person that works quite a lot i want to enjoy when i'm in my work environment doesn't mean every action that i'm doing is fun don't get me wrong but i want to be in a positive environment that you know I, i enjoy showing up to work i enjoy working hard i spend here a lot of time so part of my company culture would be to create an environment that supports that. Less ego on the job, less negativity. And now when I'm going to go into the practical elements, which you're probably going to ask me in a second, but I'm just going to give a sneak peek. So when I'm hiring someone, I'm not just looking at them professionally. I'm also looking at them from that perspective of my culture. Are they going to be a positive person? Or are they going to be that complaining person? Because the complaining people are not necessarily going to serve to where I want to take the direction of the organization. So again, that mindset of company culture, those questions we're asking ourselves, those definitions help us build step by step to where we want to get to. Yeah, and also I think that it's not that they're complaining here. They can complain in one place, but they can be a perfect fit in another place. So also when you're defining your own company culture, you can also symbolize and tell the world and other employees whether they should join or not. And you tell them, hey, that's the vibe here. That's the culture. And if it's not a good fit for you, that's fine. And you can move to a place where you find the culture best fit for you. And then we are all can contribute for that. Yeah, leveling expectations, 100%. The way that I like to see company culture is really as if you were putting a foundation to your house so people would come and go. But when you have a foundation to your house, it doesn't matter who lives inside the house and the interior design of the house, the foundation is very strong and that's the culture. So it doesn't matter the people that in or out, the culture remains the same. The values are the same. The vision is the same. The company and the organization is moving towards the same direction with the same northern guiding star. We tend to think that people affect the environment and the culture and all those different things. And that's right to an extent, but it also works the other way around. 
if you're coming to an environment where everyone are super hardworking and smiling and happy, you're probably going to end up on the same side of the line, even if it's not you on a day-to-day basis, just because the environment is contagious in that sense. So it's true that individuals create the company culture, but it's also the environment that helps the individual find their way to that company culture that is right for us, which really resonates with what you just said about you know the analogy of having the infrastructure in place, having that building, but you can have different residents. And then those residents, if they come into that framework, which is solid and strong and they understand it and they resonate with it, then they'll find their way and they'll find their place with inside that residential building, as you said. Now let's try to talk a bit more uh, practical. We understand the importance of defining or developing a company culture. You set that up. You say, okay, let me examine that. Let me put into words my company culture. And now how you can actually measure your company culture if it's measurable at all? So measurable is a very specific term. I don't think that it's measurable on a scale of 1 to 100, although you can always work hard to try and put things on scales. But I do think you can test your company culture relatively easily and see if you're, as the person that's supposed to shape the company culture, is happy with what you have. And I'll explain. One of the key things that company culture should stand for is decision-making of our team when we are not in the room. So seeing how your people behave when you're not there, it's a big part of what your company culture would look like. And by the way, not just individuals, but the relationship between those individuals. And I'll give an example. Let's say one of the individuals did something wrong, could be as far as you know trying to take cash, and another individual saw them. How do they behave right now? Do they tell them something? Do they go and snitch? Do they look the other way? That tells you a lot about what their foundation of behavior within the company, how they actually act should be. So that's a great test to understand where you stand. Seeing the behavior of your employees when you're outside of the picture, not just in relationship to you, but also to customers, to other employees, to vendors, etc. So I think that's one of the most useful ways to understand if your company culture is within the right direction. The second thing is just to look at day-to-day behaviors and ask yourself, is that how I want it to be? And if not, am I creating a company culture that is actually encouraging or discouraging the behavior? And I'll explain. Let's say that an employee has very, very high level of service. They're always smiling. They're always nice. Most businesses would appreciate it, obviously. Now, that's a positive act. But is this positive act resonates with the way we train our people, with the way we talk about our day-to-day, with the way I, as an owner, behave with other customers? If the answer is yes, so there is a resonation between the employee behavior and our company culture. Now, that was a positive example that relates to our company culture that works in a, in a positive way. It can also go the other way around. Maybe they're doing something negative, but it's not necessarily discouraged by our company culture. We're looking at the actual results, not about the values we wrote over a piece of paper or hanged over the wall, but what actually happens in real life, whether we're in or outside the room. I agree. And also, I think because you said you need to check and observe what's going on when you're not there. So maybe also that leads to think that you need to develop strong management around you and bring strong managers, even if you're small and growing, and then develop with them the company culture. And maybe, like to say, uh, you can treat your employees like customers in a sense, and then you can ask a few questions to really kind of see if you're in the right place in terms of company culture, what you want to achieve. So maybe some of these questions would be, are my employees connected? 
to each other? Are they connected to the bigger picture? Are they speaking the same why that I have in mind? Are they aware of what's going on in the organization if we hire new people, if we, I don't know, raised more funds and so on? And even simple questions like, do they care? Do they go the extra mile? Do they, you know, put in the hours? Do they cover their colleagues or not? And really, it, it depends on the place of work. And some people would take the Elon Musk way, right? Just efficiency. It's a workplace. Our company culture is all about efficiency. I don't really see the individual. And that's a way you can work. You're probably going to see much higher turnover. You're probably going to see much more complexities, I would say, in managing and, the uh, team. And fire everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and then fire everybody. But there is no right or wrong in company culture. There is just like implications. Implications could be positive, could be negative. Statistically, a, a positive company culture that people are proud to be part of and enjoy being in creates a better setting for a successful business. It doesn't necessarily mean that it always has to be this way, but it definitely improves your success criteria. So I would say when you know we're talking about all those soft things, company culture, empathy, all those things that you know careness about employees, at the end of the day, there are very specific, solid considerations behind it. I want to be cold for a second and just say that this is a very rational argument. okay? We're not doing it for the sake of being soft or enjoying that process. We're doing it because that helps us win. That helps us succeed. That helps us build successful businesses. Okay, people like to be part of something bigger. People like to be proud of what they do. And if we can give it to them, we'll get much more in return. Sorry for being very transactional for the moment. No, that's 100% correct. It's like a ship sailing with no goal or direction. So it's lost or it's sailing somewhere. It's always sea metaphors with you. <laughs> I love the sea. I think to take that even further, doesn't matter your small, big company, one way to really test that out, the foundations, your company culture, is to ask, first of all, your management, the leaders, and then take it down all the way to the employees. So not only to observe them and hear the rumors, or you can also get a gut feeling, which is also important, about the tension that you have in the room when you're there and so on, but really survey them, find the tools to ask them these questions, to get the answers. Just by serving them, it already engages them better and gives them the room and you You, the ability to show them that you care about that. Yeah, you're right. And I'll say more than that before you mentioned using tools. So I think one of the more important things in crafting quality culture within the company is starting very early from day one. That takes me to the onboarding experience. It's much, much better if you have a structured onboarding experience that touches not only on how to clean the coffee machine or how to install the HVAC right, but also on how we're doing things here. And how we're doing things here is partly technical, but it's also on a mindset basis. It also, also maybe speaks why, to the culture. Why we're doing what we're doing. Exactly. And why we're doing what we're doing and why it's important to us. And what do we expect from you? So all those small things that kind of help you pave the road into success as an employee that puts you on the right cultural path, which results in the right business path. Absolutely. And maybe a small example from my personal experience. When I used to work in a coffee shop, so I treated coffee... And being a barista, not as just making coffee for someone, but I really trained people around when you're making coffee, what you can make for the other person. So you find a person that enters your shop because they had a bad day. They just woke up after 
no night sleep, taking care of their babies. They had a fight. You don't know, but you can really give them this comforting, nice feeling through a coffee cup. It might sound weird, but I believed in that. And therefore, I could see the results and how the customers reacted to the quality of the coffee that I served. And that's why those customers are much more likely to come back because they had not just good coffee, which I hope you sold good coffee. I never tried it, was it myself, but also a good experience. And at the end, in everything we do, emotions play a part and experience plays a very, very big part. And if we can get our teams to understand that, many people can install HVAC the right way. Only a few people can install HVAC the right way and provide a very positive experience to the customer. And those are the people that you want in your organization because they would make the difference. They would make that customer buy the next HVAC from you, etc. That leads us to the last part, which is bring it into more practice tools and tips to develop company culture that will engage your staff, boost retention, and take your business forward based on a few examples that we have from leading brands that do that very well. Something that really happened recently in the past week, according to Fortune magazine, inflation is killing the habit of tipping 20%. So think about all the people who work in the food and beverage uh, industry. Now they rely on tips and now they get less and less tips because of the inflation. I think that's really a place where a company shows the culture. What do you think about that? How would you act in this case that will resonate with the culture that you want to provide, the experience you want to provide, and also just make your employees feel that they're at home and it's not that easy to job hop to another place across the street? So first, I think in this use case, you know, job hopping to the next place wouldn't necessarily help. It's a market situation. And then you need to ask yourself, what can I do for the employee to make it easier for them? So it could be to let them have the extra shifts so they can gain the extra bucks or maybe work with a little less employees, but give them more opportunity to gain more earnings. In some cases, you can take a policy of, let's call it minimum tips. It's risky financially. So if you do take that route, you have to do it very, very, very carefully after you considered everything. But is it risky financially? Because we understand that firing someone is very, very costly. So if you're making up for this tip, for the 5% that the customer wouldn't pay, are you actually losing money or are you making more money if people won't leave? So I'll tell you what. First, you're right. There is a high cost and it's actually something we talked about in our previous episode. There is a high cost for an employee that leaves us. But at the same time, you're running a business, you're operating, especially in the food and beverage, on very small margins. So those 5% could mean a lot at the end of the month. Doesn't mean that it's not possible and especially depends on how often that happens. So if it's one shift a week, maybe we can take one for the team, as they say. But if it happens every single day for every single employee, that's a bit of a different story. But it is something that definitely worth considering because loyalty goes both ways. And loyalty from good employees is something that is worth a lot of dollars at the end of the day to the organization. All right. So let's take, for example, one of the leading food and beverage companies, Starbucks, which I personally love them. So they're known to be one of the brands with the lowest turnover rates. Okay, so at only 65%, the popular coffee house definitely stands out from other brands that often have turnover rates of more than 100%. How do they achieve this success? By keeping employee engagement at the forefront of their strategies. I took that from business research methodology. They have all the information about that. And let's try to break down a little bit of what they do and how they act in really this way to 
create this culture where the employees are in the center and they are partners of the business. Doesn't matter if they are students that just work in a coffee shop called Starbucks. So for one, they're valuing employees and their contribution. And that could take a lot of shapes and forms all the way to getting options, meaning actual equity into the company. So that obviously creates drive, right? And it creates a sense of connection. And when you do get options, you own part of the company. Um, so that by itself is a very, very strong driving force. One other thing that Starbucks really kind of figured out is the, I would call it the social environment, and that's the presence of close bond among employees. So they realize that when you come to buy coffee, you don't want to see individual contributors, let's call it. You want to see a team. You want to see a group of people enjoying being together, maybe even helping one each other on small things. But that bond makes you feel like it's a friendship. And it's not just a place where you go to work and earn money, but you're also going there because you like the people there and you enjoy spending time there. And that's a very, very significant thing in the choice of an employee to, to stay. They don't want to betray the workplace. They don't want to leave the workplace of their friends and go into a new place and make all those new connections and realize what they have to do. It's right. Also, there was a story just this week that in one of the Starbucks uh, branches, they saw a lady that the team felt that she might be at risk. So they handed her the coffee and they wrote behind the coffee, if you're at risk, please take off the lid. And she was fine. But just this act, she told and also her dad told that they saw a really bonded group and they were like a team. So they had the courage and, and the strength to do this action that maybe if you were working just without faith or values or whatever company culture, you wouldn't do such thing. That's a really great story, by the way. Very, very touching. It tells a lot about the people that choose to act this way. One more point I think worth mentioning with regards to Starbucks is their culture of inclusivity. So you'll see that they have a lot of diverse people from different backgrounds with different limitations. So it's a really kind of something that they put front and center to have that inclusion, no matter where you're coming from or who you are. And you know, that's something that is for a lot of people means a lot and it's easier to resonate with that and see yourself as part of such a brand. Again, it goes to that place of being proud. Absolutely. I think another piece of their company culture is also they're really good in taking pride in providing exceptional customer service, not only as a brand, but also towards their employee. So they want to emphasize the staff that provide and deliver this great service by recognition and other things, which I think also is a very significant part in employee happiness and the culture to be able to contribute and give recognition for a great job and for the customer's happiness and success to the employees, the frontline employees. 100%. Right. Another big brand that really does that well, I think, is Nike. Do you know Nike? Heard about them. Yeah. I think I even had their shoes once. Oh, nice. No, I, I really think when it comes to brand and specifically company culture, Nike is one of the most impressive examples. Really, okay. very little folks get it right the way they did. Absolutely agree. And I'm going to read uh, from online. There's a site called Comparably, which you can uh, look at when you're looking for a job. And then you have all the statements of all the brands that you want to work for. So let's look at Nike's mission statement. So they're saying our mission is to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. If you have a body, you are an athlete, which is beautiful. This mission drives us to do everything possible to expand human potential. So I'll stop here. But just that, when you hear and read that, when you want to work for a company, it's amazing. You don't think about shoes. You think yeah. about a higher purpose. You think about being part of that higher purpose. You're proud to work for them. 
I think it's absolutely beautiful. You know, even their slogan, just do it. It calls for action. It's something that is easy to resonate with. And it reflects in everything they do, by the way. If you look at how Nike trains people, I know because I worked with them in the past, you'll see that they don't have store manager. They would have coach. It is embedded so deeply in everything that they do that their day-to-day becomes delivering that mission onwards. And you're not just selling shoes. You're helping that person be a better self. And it's much easier for me as a salesperson when I'm helping you be a better self to go ahead and sell you those shoes. And it's much easier for me to learn those things when it's intriguing and I feel like I'm part of that team, right? We're winning together. It's in the small things of the language that they're using. They really got it right. Absolutely. And let's look at their vision statement, which is also very interesting. We see a world where everybody is an athlete related to the mission, united in the joy of movement, driven by our passion for sport and our instinct for innovation. We aim to bring inspiration to every athlete in the world and to make sport a daily habit. And if we look at how they wrote their values, which I think is super interesting by itself. So number one is do the right thing. In other words, be truthful. You know, we, we trust you. We trust your judgment that you'll know what the right thing is. Be the off- on the offense always, which is another way of saying always execute. Always, you know, pursue that next thing that you want to deliver. Don't stand down. Don't rest. Like always try to achieve. Try to push harder. Serve athletes. And like we said before, if you have a body, you're an athlete. So you're serving everyone. Okay, again, that message of inclusivity. We'll see it a lot with the big brands. Create the future of sport. So you're not just doing things the way they're done today, but you're also thinking about the future. Again, part of that higher purpose of those things that are on the bigger picture. I think that here, if we stop on this one for a sec, first of all, the word create They are encouraging employees to create and not to just do their job. And then they encourage them to look for the future, not only for today. You create the future of the sport. And the one last thing, win as a team. Again, correlates a lot to what we said about Starbucks, about how you create that bond, about how you think of yourself as part of a bigger unit, which create that unity that helps you succeed and helps you win. So I know you're going to wrap up in a second, but I really think that when we define our company culture or when we articulate it, like we said before, it's important to think about what we want, but also about what we don't want. And our articulation should include both of those items. So for example, I don't want no ego on my team, so I can say no ego, but I can also take it on the positive side and say, we respect everyone and we behave patiently. Maybe not the best phrasing for it, but I guess you understand the idea. No, I understand. And I think that's very important, actually, because you can always, you know, we tend to give examples when someone is doing a bad thing. You shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. But you can also phrase it, like you said, in a positive way. You can give a spotlight on someone who did a great job and say, okay, that's a good example. And then you lead by positivity and that's your culture. Um, And just to put things into uh, the right alignment here. So Nike's vision, mission, values, and culture actually comes into practice uh, for a few reasons. So when their employees were asked if they're proud to be part of the company, 75% said yes. Okay, are they motivated 
by the company's mission, vision, and values, 74% said yes. Okay, how important was your company's mission while job searching? 65% said that it was very important. And the list goes on and on and on. That shows that if you have a very strong core company culture and you know where you want to be and you know to deliver it with values and vision to your employees and the employees that you want to hire, you will be in a good place. Now, let me take you back to that transactional brain that we talked about before, right? Think about it this way. 65% of candidates said that they care about the mission statement of the company. What do you get? Immediately, you get the people that care. You get employees that care. Employees that care are much better employees in every single thing that they would do. Even if they're not that talented, they care, they would work harder. They care, they would give good customer service. So it directly translates into results. Exactly, and also to creating the future of sport. All right, so in order to sum it up, we spoke about the importance of company culture and how you can define, measure, and create company culture that will make your employees stay happy, connected, engaged, and also being a part of the bigger picture. And more than everything, just stay in your company. And like always, maybe we'll sum it up with a nice quote. Do you want to read it? Yeah, of course. It's Simon Sinek today, isn't it? Yes, Simon Sinek, which I think is a great uh, leader. Maybe we'll host him on the show one day. Yeah, or he can also host us. (laughs) Whatever comes first. So Simon Sinek says, customers will never love a company until the employees love it first. Beautiful. I think that really sums up everything about company culture and why you should to invest in it. Thank you, Shaker. It was a pleasure as always. Thank you. Do you want to say something? Yeah, a song from our producer. Something from... A song about a family. We are family. I got all my sisters with me.